Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out Who's to blame? They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the Johnstown, Pennsylvania flood. Here's what you need to know. Victor, a teenage boy growing up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, was in his family's barn untying his two horses on the afternoon of May 31, 1889. Heavy rains the previous night had caused flooding, a common occurrence in Johnstown, which was built into a river valley on the Appalachian Plateau. As Victor glanced back toward the house, he saw his father in the second-story window, frantically motioning for him to climb onto the roof. As he clambered up the barn, Victor turned to see a terrifying 20 million tons of water seething with capsized freight cars, broken rafter beams, and masses of floating bodies surging toward him at the speed of Niagara Falls. Victor reached the barn roof as he helplessly watched the flood obliterate his home with his parents trapped inside. The water uprooted the barn as well, and Victor clung to the roof as it raged through the waters, narrowly avoiding tangles of barbed wire, slabs of shattered buildings, and mangled gondola rail cars. He recounted, quote, Lying on my belly, I bumped along on the surface of the flood, which was crushing, crumbling, and splintering everything before it. The screams of the injured were hardly to be distinguished above the awful clamor. People were being killed all about me. Earlier that morning, the newly elected president of the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club, an exclusive resort for Pittsburgh's wealthiest tycoons, 
awoke to the lake's dam on the verge of collapse due to the recent rainfall. For hours, the ground's crew attempted to bolster the dam, but their efforts were futile. As he ordered his men to evacuate to higher ground, the dam gave way. The floodwater ripped through the communities of South Fork, Mineral Point, Woodvale, East Connemaw, and Johnstown, dragging with it hundreds of bodies, trees, livestock, and even entire steel mills as the waves reached over 60 feet in height. Finally, the flood subsided when it hit the Pennsylvania Railroad Company's Stone Bridge. The bridge acted as a dam, trapping debris and people, both dead and alive. Exhausted, survivors used the last of their energy to climb the mound of rubble held by the bridge, only to have it catch on fire as oil leaked from a ruptured railroad tank car. In the distance, Victor huddled with 19 other survivors on the roof of a two-story brick building, having leapt from his barn roof a split second before it was crushed by a floating brick house. He had survived. He recalled, quote, I joined the rescue squads and we struggled for hours trying to release them from this funeral pyre, but our efforts were tragically hampered by the lack of axes and other tools. We could not save them all. It was horrible to watch helplessly while people, many of whom I actually knew, were being devoured in the disaster. Fun facts, aka death stats. One in 10 people in Johnstown were killed during the flood, which rushed through the town for a mere total of 10 minutes. 2,209 people died in the flood, including 396 children. More than 750 victims were never identified. Bodies were found as far away as Cincinnati and as late as 1911. 1,600 homes were destroyed, with over $17 million in property damage. The dam contained 20 million tons of water before it gave way, about the same amount of water as goes over Niagara Falls in 36 minutes. Victor, the 16-year-old boy and sole survivor of his family, would go on to become Dr. Victor Heiser, a leading physician who implemented public health programs to combat smallpox, plague, cholera, malaria, beriberi, and leprosy. He is credited with saving hundreds of thousands of lives through his organization of sanitation and preventative medicine for the American colonial government in the Philippines from 1903 to 1915. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. And fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And that's the three of us. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Here okay. we are. Um, what happened to our guest today? Our guest is Clayton. Oh, that's me. I just picked one of you. Welcome, <laughs> Thank Welcome you. to the show. Do you, do you know the format and what we do here? Uh, no. Okay. What so is this? this is basically like, ho uh, like Hollywood stars. Oh, cool. And uh, <laughs> if you, ho Hollywood. So I should just. Is that what Hollywood stars is? It's that tic tac toe yeah. game. I got to pull out all my one liners and my zingers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Clayton, since you're our guest, mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could just enlighten us with what's recently been alarming you? What's keeping you up at night? Mm -hmm. Well, quite literally, COVID. Oh, I no. set you up for that. You the did. novel coronavirus? <laughs> I have I have the novel coronavirus as we oh, no. speak. And Rebecca is such a a harsh host that she demanded I do the show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I'm powering through because I'm here for the alarming. I, I do have COVID, um, as does my husband. We're a sick house right now, so stay oh, away. Quarantine <laughs> we really are. house, red tape, like we don't want to go there. Yeah, don't come here. Um, Chris and Rebecca sent me a very lovely care package as soon as they found out I had COVID, which was very sweet. Yes, so that you don't come to our house <laughs> for true. anything. And it had the vaccine, which Clayton's been really reluctant to take. He's been mm -hmm. reading some blogs and stuff that mm -hmm. he, he <laughs> I finally just jabbed no. it into my side. I can't believe <laughs> I I mean just hearing you talk about what you're going through and and and, and people like beware this is not a joke like this is mm -mm. this is no. Tell I will them. say I was telling Chris and Rebecca I can't imagine not having the vaccine and going through this because the 
fatigue, like the it's really intense and fever and body aches and you know just like all the symptoms like the taste stuff like it's really intense and i'm fully vaccinated boosted thank god for that because i can't imagine not having that so uh, we're we're grateful that you're on uh clayton Mm -hmm. otherwise it was just going to be me and and chris and uh that would have been nice too right chris it would have been like a date yeah i guess that would have been like a date um (laughs) different podcast though that's a different podcast (laughs) though yeah yeah um so why don't we just jump in because we can yeah let's do it okay (laughs) um and let's start by kind of i I just wanted to read some survivor quotes because you know this is like something out of a movie. It really is. Mm-hmm. And it's so horrific. So many people died in, in a matter of minutes. Mm-hmm. Complete, like entire families were either, all, you know, all perished or separated. Um, there, there's an account of a mom who uh, had all, was with all her children at home and, and all of her children died. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just absolutely terrible um and i can't imagine what it must have been like to go through um this is from anna fenn maxwell and anna said the water rose and floated us in until our heads nearly touched the ceiling it was dark and the house was tossing every wall every way the air was stifling and i could not tell just the moment the rest of the children had to give up and drown what i suffered with the bodies of my seven children floating around me in the gloom can never be told oh. horrific this is from 6 year old gertrude quinn slattery was hurled through the torrents on what she described as a raft with a wet muddy mattress and bedding a large roof came floating toward me with about 20 people on it i cried and called across the water to them to help me this of course they could not do the roof was big and they were all holding on for dear life feeling every minute that they would be tossed to death while i watched i kept praying calling and begging someone to save me. Then I saw a man come to the edge and he plunged into the swirling waters and disappeared. Then his head appeared and I could see he was looking in my direction and I called, cried and begged him to come. As I was, I sat watching this man struggling in the water. My mind was firmly fixed on the fact that he was my savior. At last he reached me, drew himself up and over the side of the mattress and lifted me up. I put both arms around his neck and held on to him like grim death. Together we went downstream with, with the ebb and flow of the reflex to the accompaniment of crunching, grinding, gurgling, splashing, and crying and moaning of many. After drifting about, we saw a little white buildings standing at the edge of the water, apparently there where the hill began. At the window, there were two men with poles helping to rescue people floating by. Now, yeah, sounds like an action like sequence from yeah. like a modern, you know, action film. Yeah. Um, another thing I read was that um, as the waters were coming down, people first heard the sound of the dam breaking, and when they turned in that direction they thought it was actually a fire because there seemed to be like a cloud of darkness above mm. the water and that is act was actually debris from everything sure. that it was um that that, that it was uh bring essentially bringing down the mountain i can't imagine how horrific right that site must have been mm-hmm so why don't we start off by putting the dam up on the board? Okay. Yep. Now, this is according to New York Times. Uh, something was published June 3rd, 1889. The cause of the calamity, it is admitted by the president of the South Fork Fishing Club, the proprietor of the artificial Conma Lake, was the weakness of the dam alone. No cloudburst or water spout occurred to compel it. The fret... The frailty of the dam and the tremendous pressure of water behind it was the only cause of the catastrophe. Poorly bit built dam, huh? Yes. So hmm. apparently this was a dam that was built. Um, okay. So the from what I understand, 
Pen- uh, the, the town was uh, mainly the um, economy um, of the town was based on steel. And they mm. had they were in the mid 1800s. They were building these canals in order to um, be able to transport, transport the steel, steel back and forth and then, sure. you know, grow. That's how towns were growing. Um, so they uh, but during the, I believe it was the summer, the water levels would be too low. And so the idea for mm. the dam was to um, like have a, an influx of water when when it, when the water levels were too low mm-hmm. um okay so it would you know capture the water when it rained and then uh they would release it if if need be right so when by the time this dam is built train uh railways uh have already oh. like started right so they don't so need, they don't need, they don't it, need anymore. it anymore so then the right. the dam you know goes into the possession of a bunch of different people. Finally, um, the South Fork Fishing Company, which we should, we are going, uh, South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club, which we will discuss in a sec. But the um, okay, the dam sort of becomes an afterthought, right? The quality and, again, maintenance of the dam is an afterthought because the, the property is more valuable. The area is more valuable just to, if you have it in order to run a railroad line through it, that's the basically what it's serving, and so the dam sort of is secondary. And, and um, sorry, w- railway? There's no railway. I mean, uh, no, no, the railway I, has nothing to do with it. No, what I'm saying is that the reason why the dam was ignored and is was is because it was a became obsolete. Yeah, yeah it's obsolete technology essentially. Yeah. So poor maintenance, something we've discussed. Many yeah. times. Maintenance should be on the board, right? We should just put maintenance yes, up there. Yes, poor maintenance of the dam. This is according to uh, Johnstown Flood Museum. The Western Reservoir, later renamed Lake Conema, had been constructed not for recreation, but instead to provide water for the section of the Pennsylvania Canal between Johnstown and Pittsburgh. However, the canal system became obsolete almost immediately after the reservoir was completed in 1852. Very little maintenance was performed on the dam during its existence, even though it broke once already in 1862. This break caused very little damage as the reservoir was only half full. In fact, one owner removed the drainage pipes beneath the dam to sell for scrap. <laughs> no. With... <laughs> <laughs> which meant there was what? I can't believe it which meant there was no way to drain the reservoir for repairs the reservoir was uh-huh. it he just took the he just, he just sold took it. that stuff to he's like well I'm the owner right now and I you know because it was passed along <laughs> oh, between so many owners people stopped sure. caring because it's like you're not thinking about the long term as an owner you're right. just like I own right. this it's scrap metal let me sell it, make an extra buck, and then I'll resell it, and I don't have to think about it for the rest of my life. How funny. Um, okay, I, it continues. The reservoir and dam passed through several hands before the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club bought it in 1879. This is according to Brian Dumas, Stories of Survival, the Johnstown, Pennsylvania flood survivor who saved millions. A longtime resident of Johnstown put it succinctly when he said, People wondered and asked why the dam was not strengthened, as it certainly had become weak, but nothing was done, and by and by they talked less and less about it, as nothing happened, though now and then some would shake their heads as if conscious the fearful day would come, some time when their worst fears would be transcended by the horror of the actual occurrence. So... Apparently, the, it was common for pe- when it rained because it, it did. It was an area that did flood. They, the the mm-hmm. people in town understood that you know it's a very accustomed to it. to it. Yeah, yeah, they're built. They're built into the bottom, right? So they were used to it. You know, sometimes it would rain a lot. It would flood. They would raise whatever uh, their furniture. They would they would accommodate essentially, mm-hmm. and sometimes they would say. Maybe today's the day that the dam breaks as a joke. That's crazy that they would just um, 
that you have that that's like a thing around town like maybe today's the day but there's not then the like the impetus to be like maybe we should double check maybe we should try and i mean but think about living here in los angeles we Uh, know that every hundred years there's going to be a massive earthquake different it's different but it's the same we built the dam they no, we didn't. They, someone built the dam I, I, thank god i i mean yeah. well but like uh, yeah. rebecca was but saying maybe i would have done a better well, job it was it's similar only in the sense that like rebecca was saying these people were used to this area being flood you know being flooded sure. every once in a while right mm-hmm. and that was no that was not that had nothing to do with the dam that was just location based uh-huh. uh, it was just because sure. they were in a valley I think it's like, you know, uh, we've talked about it before, but it's just this notion that like things get built and then they're done. It's like the lack of maintenance to me is so funny that like we don't, I don't know, something like that where you know there's so much pressure, like the power of water is real, right? You go to the ocean, you get slammed by a single wave and you're like, oh, right. I'm not messing with this (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Stuff is powerful. Is it, is like that? that Then you're talking about the sort of appropriate response to mother nature something like that oh the fear <sighs> but it, <laughs> but yeah but this isn't mother well i guess it would be that if you know that mother nature could have a massive rainstorm and put added pressure on a weakened right. dam then yeah I, I would say yeah it should we should be we should be anticipating mother nature but it, um compromising some of these man-made things that we've constructed yeah. mm-hmm but it sounds Same like as at, like hurricanes i'm sorry hurricanes earthquake but hurricanes too <laughs> Um, but yes, mm-hmm. earthquakes, because we have constructed homes and buildings yes. and an entire city. Um, to try and resist yes. it, or at least, yeah. Well, it makes me think of hurricanes, too, down in the Caribbean, where you have like a season mm-hmm. once a year, whereas there's several months of just like, careful out there, there yeah. might be, this is basically yeah. hurricane might season. destroyed. I mean, it's not just yeah. the Caribbean anymore, it's, you no, know, Florida, it's, it's the yeah. East Coast, Southeast really, United all the way up States. to New York. Yeah. Um, so what do we, what do we, are we categorizing, that, is this like a Mother Nature thing I, then? I, because it's a, it's a mashup of Mother Nature uh, clashing with human development. Right. What is that? Right. What is that? Maybe just like un- unanticipated. <laughs> unanticipated. Well, it's like not. Period. Yeah, unanticipation. <laughs> we live in a world of anticipation. So when people are unanticipating things, <laughs> it's well, very disturbing. It just sort of, just to sort of take the really long view on it is that, yeah, like why don't people just settle in the safest geographic location? Well, we sort of just like we were talking about with Japan and the earthquakes, the ring of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just I guess it's just throwing that out there. Well, probably resources, you know, right. money. Yes. Uh, and imagine this. Imagine like if we were to go to a new planet today with all of our technology, mm-hmm. we probably would be thinking about where's the most advantageous yeah, to, place to, to, to go. But like there's like so many years of history of people without that who just like were there and that's where the city right. started developing mm-hmm. and that's just where it is that. now <laughs> you're not going to just like unbuild the city and build it in yeah. a better place now okay we have to keep putting things up on the oh did we decide what that was no i don't no. think so on anticipation no. for now tbd south fork fishing yeah. and hunting club we have to put them up on the board yes. johnstown Flood Museum said the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club counted many of Pittsburgh's leading industrialists and financiers among its 61 members, including Andrew Carnegie, Henry Clark Clay Frick, Andrew Mellon, and Philander Knox. Uh, Organized in 1879, the purpose of the club was to provide the members and their families an opportunity to get away from the noise, heat, and dirt of Pittsburgh. The club did engage in periodic maintenance of the dam, but made some harmful modifications to it. They installed fish screens across the spillway to keep the expensive game fish from escaping, which had the unfortunate effect of capturing debris and keeping the spillway from draining the lake's overflow. God. Mm. Uh, They also lowered the dam. (sighs) They lowered the dam by a few feet in order to make it possible for two carriages to pass at the same time. So the dam was only about four feet higher than the spillway. 
The club never reinstalled the drainage pipes so that the reservoir could be drained. Lindsay Steyer said on the Great Johnstown flood, many knew the dam was in bad condition and had warned the owners of the South Fork Club. The president of the mill informed the owners of South Fork Club of the danger of the dam, uh, who later responded, quote, you and your people are in no danger from our enterprise. Historian David McCullough uh, said not a nickel was ever collected through damage suits from the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club or from any of its members. So this is something that is uh, also very um, <laughs> disturbing. No one was ever mm-hmm. held accountable and no one ever paid a single cent. Mm-hmm. Really? And none of the the, the victims Just, of this flood ever received any compensation. They received help from organizations like the Red Cross, which had just started. Sure, sure. Uh, but there was no FEMA at the time. Uh, right. There were no lawsuits of no, people's negligence not, that of was that. helping them rebuild none their homes. That. Jeez. Um, and these people were just like, up at the hunting club, like we want to have a wider road for our carriages to come. So let's lower it. Like not even thinking about the, uh, the consequences of what they were doing or just total mismanagement. Yeah. Right? And, and well, just an lack of forethought, um, lack of, um, safety measures, I guess, or, you know, well, like- yeah. And you, what you have too is you have a high concentration of wealth and they're making decisions that affect the larger population who is totally out of control and mm-hmm. they, well they're not members of this you know if you're living downstream and you're not a member of the club right you can't you can't even say and it's right. like it's just a perfect metaphor for the big c capitalism which we always talk about but mm-hmm. here we are in the industrial sort of age the industrial revolution and mm-hmm. you have high concentration of wealth and power making these decisions and affecting millions of people. Well, in this case, thousands, but you get the point. It's that, you know, the, the choices of the few affect the many and, and there's no oversight and there's no regulation and there's just no democratization of any of these decisions. Right. That's actually similar to one of uh, the listener suggestions we had, uh, which comes from at Leslie underscore DeVito underscore art. And uh, they say overdevelopment, which led to a narrowing of the riverbed and or capitalism. So, I mean, uh, there was another listener who also had the same thoughts. Uh, I feel like we should put capitalism up on the board and overdevelopment too. I guess overdevelopment. I, I, let's think about that, though, because I don't think this was a case of of, of an overdeveloped area ver- versus uh, a case of an like something that's just not thought through all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe just um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just like unnecessary develop well i guess it wasn't unnecessary if at the time they were using it right for it was useful purposes even though it was obsolete by the time are we sort of circling around this issue that the how that the sort of uh the houses and stuff were built in a valley is that what we're sort I, of i mean saying? maybe but that's you know it was a steel town i'm sure there was a reason there you know there were factories there were there's a reason why it was mm-hmm. built there mm-hmm. so I don't know. Let's 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 continue. The, let's also put the Gilded Age uh, up sure. on the board. Wealth and equality, because this kind of goes into it. Terrific series. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um, uh, but yeah, g- g- if you've seen, if you've watched the Gilded Age, you mm-hmm. kind of understand what's happening in the background, at least in in terms of uh, those with money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe there's an episode where they do go. Uh, 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 I'm forgetting her name. Uh, but the she goes to the Red Cross and they go to, for the relief efforts. Remember? Miss Morris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, the media at the time firmly placed blame on the club. Here are some headlines. This is from the Chicago Herald. Manslaughter or murder? 
This is from the Johnstown Tribune. We think we know what struck us, and it was not the work of providence. Our misery is the work of man. The New York Times said, An engineering crime, the dam of inferior construction, according to the experts. And uh, the New, New York World said, The club is guilty. Mm -hmm. Johnstown Flood Museum writes, The Johnstown flood resulted in the first expression of outrage at the power of the great trusts and giant corporations that had formed in the post-Civil War period. The club's great wealth, rather than the dam's engineering, came to be condemned. Mm -hmm. Well, this is... uh, I I welcome this site from our media because, you know, usually the media, media... messes things up but it sounds like they had their own alarmist episode and they came up with who's to blame and it was the poor construction of the day <laughs> yes unfortunately um it wasn't taken seriously and no one was actually held accountable so classic you know classic story we've heard time and time again tale as old as time mm-hmm. let's also put poor relief efforts up on the board okay this is according to the new york times June 7, 1889, the flood deprived the entire district of any system of drainage, even the cesspools being destroyed. The river now flows over several hundreds of putrefying bodies, besides acting as a sewer for the entire district. Mm. With this great district in which to spread contagion and pestilence, the State Board of Health is peculiarly indifferent to the condition of affairs in Johnstown. There has been no effort made to dig below the surface of the city as it has, as it was left by the deluge. Dr. Lee of the State Board of Health, assisted by a number of volunteers, is working hard to smother any awakening of pestilence, but he needs a corpse of physicians Uh, who are experienced in epidemics caused by infection. In many houses, 13 and 14 persons were found living in a single room. In many houses, it was discovered that the windows were tightly closed to keep out the stench of decaying bodies and animals. To add to the difficulties and to increase uh, increase of danger, the supply of disinfectants is inadequate. The supply on hand has been exhausted, and Dr. Lee has telegraphed to the Surgeon uh, General of the United States to send some at once. He received a reply that all the disinfectants available, three carloads, had been sent and were now on the way. This will not be one-tenth part of the quantity which will be required. Another requisite for disinfection is tar. There are many bonfires ablaze now, but their smoke has has no quality for good. So it should be noted that there was a great deal of uh, mutual aid due to the nationwide reporting on the disaster. Um, Historian David McCullough said, People sent money, clothing, and food. Medical societies and doctors and hospitals sent medicines and bandages. Doctors left their practices and hurried to Johnstown to assist. Lumber was sent for rebuilding houses and businesses. So it was kind of the first time that because of the media, um, people heard about it and decided to send help, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, but it sounded like there was also sort of, it, it, they could only do so much. I mean, right. you know, the ta- I guess, can, can you, I don't quite understand, the bodies were where? They were... Uh, at the bottom of the river, I guess there was now a river there, um, a body of water. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to understand, but I, I can't imagine the, just I mean, the wreckage that was left mm-hmm, behind, mm-hmm. right? So, a lot of people perish, a lot of people drown when the the waters resided, or or when everything right. went down. You know, it would have the 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 cleanup and 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 the uh recovery uh effort um would have been massive right i'm looking at uh 17 million in property damage mm-hmm. um which would have been 497 million uh today massive. wow and um and we're talking you know 2200 and nine people who died in the flood. Yeah. That, it, I mean, 
uh, you know, and like we said earlier in in the in the um, facts, uh, bodies were found as far away as Cincinnati, and as late as 1911. So I think that some things were just some some bodies and 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 parts of uh, debris. Mm-hmm. Just floated away. Yeah, yeah just down kept, river. Kept flowing mm-hmm. down river. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jeez. It's terrifying. And what's also like, it's not even just the people who died, you know, immediately. Like you think about people who were left behind without breadwinners who, you know, like lost their entire fortune, like how that affects the rest of your life, where it's like, you know, oh my God. You're like a child who's suddenly orphaned, like the ongoing effects of something that instant. Right. Yeah. So I feel like we have a bunch of stuff that we've um, thrown up on the board. Is there anything else you guys want to add um, or should we just start knocking things off the list? Um, I do feel like, I mean, well, I could say this, but I feel like it's just going to get folded into like negligence comes to mind, but I feel like that's going to be quickly folded into something else. So I don't well, know. let's put it. I love a good fold. Okay, good. <laughs> negligence. All right. It is. Okay, let's take a quick break and start knocking things off. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. Okay, who's to blame for the Johnstown, Pennsylvania flood? Is it the dam? Poor maintenance? Unanticipation? South Fork Hunting and Fishing Club? Capitalism? Overdevelopment? The Gilded Age? Poor relief efforts? Or negligence? Hmm. So for the South Fork Hunting and Fishing Club, we're talking about Carnegie and all those guys who were I think we're talking about the owners, not so much the members mm-hmm. I gotcha. of the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe we should specify and maybe could we find uh some names, Chris? Some actual um, owners? Just Yeah, because I, I feel like none of them were actually held accountable and I would just like at least like to put their names up mm-hmm. on. Okay. I mean what what are you doing here? 
Well, as a club... Okay, so this is Henry Clay Frick led a group of Pittsburgh speculators, including Benjamin Ruff, to purchase the mm-hmm. abandoned reservoir. Mm-hmm. Yes, Clayton, what um, were you going to say? No, something stupid. Part of me was thinking, like, if you're a member of a club, aren't you, like, part <laughs> owner? But no, I think there's an owner of the club. Well, no, the, 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 yeah, like- they, they were a gr- there was a group. It was the speculators, and they built this area called the South Fork mm-hmm. Fishing and Hunting Club. So, so the, they, they the, were the they, these were the industrialists these these men, um, who are the wealthy Carnegie uh, Frick people of that area wanted their wanted their own little club. Okay, well the the club owners is really who we'll put, were. Let's put those up there, and and the names you got for, we were we mentioned before you got Frick, you got Ruff, you got Carnegie. Okay. Okay. Now. Unanticipation. I I feel like what that is is like not being alarmed or not thinking that the worst can happen, right? Um, just not thinking about that and going about your life and your business. <laughs> Brings up the question: How often should we be thinking about that? All the time. I say one hundred percent. Some no. people think that you have too to much. like work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have yeah, to like but you do can other still have things. it in you the back. You also have to like cook and you, you eat. can still have it in the Listen, back, trust me. You can you can cook and If you're building fret. a little miniature dam in your backyard that if it broke and flooded it only affects your backyard, then you don't have to think about it. But if you're building a dam that's going to mm-hmm. flood your neighbor's house, you got to think about what you're building. Just like every architect. Mm. Can you imagine like this architect who built that building in San Francisco that's now just like permanently leaning and it's like, "Oh man, I messed that up." Like you, you, <laughs> you got to be thinking about that stuff. If you're building something that massive, you've got to be mm-hmm. so precise. Mm-hmm. Totally. I say fret, fret and live. Fret, <laughs> fret and fret and let live. And live. Take your fret with you, and uh, go about your business. Um, what are we going to knock off here though? It's, it's feeling a little dense in that way. I mean, capitalism. I don't really see this uh, as a capitalism thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If anything, it's more of a, okay. So the people saying that they, you know, joking around like, oh, is this the day that the dam is going to break? You know, to me, it's more like. You know, regular townspeople. Uh, oh, the, the you know what this is? What I think we got to put what? apathy up here <gasps> because everyone's that t- we can put that with uh, unanticipation. Sure. That that could replace. Because doesn't that. it just That's feel like better. if people are joking about it and everyone knows, like it's like really not that great constructed, and no one's really like paying attention. It's just like everyone just like, doesn't care. It's like a total disregard of just like yeah. And maybe this is uh, what what I was going to say was like, uh, maybe this is part of the Gilded Age too, where it was like uh, inequality, a lot of wealth inequality. And it's like, what could you as a townsperson do about this massive dam that's owned by all these rich people that you don't want to get Mm -hmm. mad at you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I just feel like the Gilded Age that that could really age. encompass sure or that could fold on under the okay so what overdevelopment i think we yeah. could cross that off um the poor relief efforts for me are yeah that's after, like a you know, symptom it's more not the cause a, yes mm-hmm. so i i feel like we can take that off for now but um poor maintenance you know i hate I it know. so the dam itself, I guess we can take off because dams can't be, can be helpful. There are. Yeah, we do have right? some useful, <laughs> useful dams, although we have, I mean, there's this massive one up in Northern California that almost broke and that they're like having all this, like they got to be maintained. You can't just build a dam and let it go. Right. It's yeah, not the but, dam's fault that you're not maintaining it. Yeah. But dams in general are, can be good. They're good. Right. We did. We, we I mean. <laughs> I feel like we can uh <laughs> It's a modern engineering marvel. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great, it's great. Uh negligence can be folded into poor yeah, maintenance, I for feel. For sure. Um so we're left with poor maintenance, apathy, South Fork Hunting and Fishing Club and all its owners, uh and the Gilded Age. 
So those are four really. Uh, I feel cuts. like the Gilded Age just feels a little too broad for me to like blame mm-hmm. okay. what happened just on the Gilded. You know, like I think we can be more specific than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, okay. is there something in there okay. that you feel we- like is like what specifically? Is it like the di- like the power dynamics? Like the yes. I, the, but I, I feel like that could fold into right. the club itself. Yeah, the club is a perfect right. example of those power dynamics. Right. Okay, so c- yes. are we comfortable taking the Gilded Age off then? Yes, we can take that off. So what are we going to do? I I want to blame the um, club owners. Here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And uh, slap mm. poor maintenance. Because in my mind, with apathy really does fold into sure. poor maintenance because if you just are not anticipating sure. uh, a, any concerns or any any um, anything that could uh, cause the dam to break then you're just you're not thinking about maintenance mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, so what do we think about that blaming the club that sounds good yeah and, and, and all the all the people that led it or the owners. I think that makes sense. I mean, if you're especially because not only were they the owners at the time, but as you said earlier, they did some really harmful, questionable things for the benefit of the club at the expense of the actual structural integrity of the dam. <laughs> like that's, that's a, right, it's not like right. they just acquired the dam and just like kind of let it fall in disrepair. They like made it worse. Yeah. Right. And there's also something to the speed of the industrial age and things happening so quickly that, you know, you have this dam, which which provided this canal, which gave you transportation Mm -hmm, to move mm -hmm. your steel around. Right. And then once railroads came in, you were like, okay, I don't need that dam anymore. It's not as valuable as this property. And so it became, it becoming an afterthought. It, it just, that that's what led to, this destruction because it didn't provide the kind of profit profitability where it once did so but but on the other hand or rather something they didn't think about was that it was actually holding back this um flood water and it was it was this sort of um tragedy waiting to happen um Mm. over this over this town so i guess what what i'm saying is this group representing the sort of aggressive industrial age of just whatever's next whatever's most profitable Mm -hmm. and you know leaving everything else uh, behind yeah ask for don't ask for uh permission ask for forgiveness Mm -hmm. kind of thing where it's like let's just keep moving keep moving keep building keep building and let the chips fall where they may Mm -hmm. and the victims of the flood were sort of uh, they were victims of this again another thing that is like interesting about this particular uh dam is that it wasn't a necessary dam in in terms of like sitting keeping water away from this town you know it actually caused the disaster the catastrophe it caused it you know the purpose of it was more for capitalism in a way and that is why i guess capitalism was on the board right you know what i mean yeah it wasn't a necessary dam so i feel like that said when you are the owner of of a club and and you are trying to make a profit off of something you have to make sure that you're not doing that at the expense of you know an entire town underneath it you know so so you got to be a leader um, and make mm-hmm. sure you maintain the property. Point. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do it. Poor maintenance. You're getting the big slap. The South Fork Hunting and Fishing Club owners, Andrew Carnegie, Henry Clay Frick, Andrew Mellon, and Philander Knox, you're going to the alarmist jail. So guys, we put wow. Carnegie in the alarmist jail crazy some big names in there there are some big <laughs> names in there high profile um, now okay it's always yep. good it always feels good when you can put uh, like actual people mm-hmm. in there i know and it's like when i put in a concept in the jail i often worry about it escaping mm. through right. the bars mm-hmm. because jails are so man 
made centric. like yeah. man centric. Yes, or totally. Human human centric. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Which man? I think man is short for human. It feels good too because, like, yeah. you know, these guys who are like, <laughs> okay. you know, the big dogs of their day, they get away with it. You got money, you don't, you don't pay consequences. Oh my god! Not here. Not You're not us. getting away with it. Not or not. We're not, not letting on you. the alarmist. That's that's what the alarmist. Yep. <laughs> After the flood. While lawsuits were filed against the members of the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club, the court viewed the dam break as an act of God, and no legal compensation was made to the survivors. It wouldn't be until 47 years later, when another huge flood killed two dozen people and destroyed $41 million worth of property, that the town received major federal support to control the flooding and rehabilitate Johnstown. President Franklin D. Roosevelt toured the town and authorized the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to channelize the rivers at a cost of $8.7 million. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at AlarmistThe. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the death of Lady Jane Grey. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.